As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I'm Josh Giddy and I'm down to dunk. Hey, this is Kenny Hustle, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Poku, and I'm down to dunk. I love cereal. Captain Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cracklin' Oat Brand. Oh, I can have these? I'm going to share with my team, but I'm a hog most Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, more regularly on Sunday afternoons, is Michele Bear. Michele, what's up? Well, I mean, it's the second uh, Sunday in a row. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a new thing, or maybe it's just life messing with our timeline. I, so. think, I think we'll call it that. Uh, nothing has really happened really in the thunder world there has been more just fake shea rumors happening mm-hmm. uh bill simmons discussed it on his podcast uh berman talked about it in a piece of his who's i mean i i would bet hundreds of dollars that berman doesn't know that shea has a five-year deal Hundreds and hundreds of dollars, maybe even a thousand dollars that he doesn't know that he's got a five year deal. So, what I would say about that particular rumor is don't worry about it. Uh, Simmons, I think, is just, I think he's just talking. You know, I don't think he knows. I, he, what they really said was, I know that Shea was available at one point, and I do think in the 2021 draft that there were probably scenarios where it made sense to trade Shea. Now, Mm -hmm. none of that happened. I'm sure that he was on the table for some deals that maybe involved the number one pick, and it didn't happen. And since then, there's been no reason to believe that Shea is unhappy. There's no reason to believe the Thunder should trade him. And especially for a, a package of picks, I just don't think that that's where the Thunder are at right now. Um, so anyways, I wouldn't worry about all that. It doesn't mean that there's like a 0% chance that Shea would ever get traded, but to me, after he re-signed, it, it didn't really make sense to me. Once he signed the five-year deal, no opt-outs, it's like, okay, why would you do that? And also them saying that yeah, they would get less... Zero. Yeah, his contract. and the reason they would get le- that they would get less than Mitchell, like I think his value is less than Mitchell's. Yes, but when I started thinking about it, you get five years of Shea, yeah, and you also have Sam Presti as the negotiator. Mm, you might get just as much or more. So, yeah, and those picks are not special to me. Yeah. Like the haul that they got is huge in terms of numbers, mm-hmm. but as you mentioned with Alex on the great. Athletic NBA show, and we discussed this uh, on Dream Team Bunch. 
I mean, those picks are mobilized prime. Like, yeah. yes, anything can happen. Uh, anything can always happen. Um, but, you know, this is not just like incredibly good picks. It's mm -hmm. closer to the value that uh, New Orleans got for Drew Holiday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, which, and in that case, I don't think that, that Giannis was already signed. He wasn't. So even that package was more risky, more valuable at the moment, yeah. but it, it wasn't afterwards. Yeah. So it's, you know, um, I don't think that Presti would go for something like that for Shea today. I don't think I so would either. say I would say he, he would say, eh, no. And when he signed him, when well, sorry, when, when there was a moment where it could be uh, in some deal and some like negotiations, it was in a completely different moment. Yeah, I mean, okay, he was ending an era yeah. of Chris Paul or and uh, stuff like that, and they were like basically cleaning house. Like mm -hmm. nobody uh, was uh, relevant at the moment, and they decide, hey, uh, if we got a haul for Shea, maybe we think about it. Yep, because we really want to bottom out and replenish. I don't think that after the first, I don't know, 10 games, that was ever discussed anymore. Mm -hmm. Because when you have a guy that has the potential to be a top 30 guy, which wasn't very clear, uh, especially after the playoff run, which wasn't awesome. Right. It, it wasn't bad. I mean, I think that uh, we had the impression it was a bad, but for a second year guy, it was not bad at all um but it wasn't like shiny uh it was not trey young it was not jamarant it was something okay but not not spectacular and so i mean you can say okay i get a lot maybe number one pick maybe i get an edwards maybe i get something else and then i really build from scratch mm -hmm. i think he was available probably in the 2020 and the 2021 draft where not that he's like Oh, we need to. We're trying to get rid of him, or like we need a deal for Shea. I think it was like, hey, listen, if if you want to make a deal with us in the top three of the draft, we're listening, you know, and mm -hmm. everything's on the table. And personally, like I would want my GM exploring stuff like that. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you were, if you, like, if it's if it's Kate Cunningham or even Mobley plus stuff, or even just that, you have to discuss it. Maybe yeah. you you come down to a different evaluation, but you're right. I mean, discussing it, like testing the value of what you have, because I mean, it's you have something in your pocket basically, uh, and you have an idea of what the value is. Right. But if someone goes to your door and offers like ten times that amount, you really have to think about it. Yeah. Like maybe maybe then you, you like you shift your evaluation or you say, hey, no, for this price, you go. Yeah. So think about it this way. We heard he was available in 2021. Here's the top four. Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes. Pretty smart to make him available then. We didn't hear one peep of him being available when it's Paolo, Chet, Jabari, Keegan Murray. Durr, it makes sense. Like, don't overthink this. Like, don't yeah. overthink this. Because those guys, everybody knew that, like, Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes, those are, like, true building blocks. These are real building blocks for an NBA team. Paolo, people still had questions about Paolo. Yeah. I think that even with Chet, you have concerns. You know, so yeah, you're gonna make him available then. And if you think that that's dumb, it's not dumb. Like it's not dumb at all to make him available, depending on what the trade is. Like you can overpay for a, one of those guys if you include Shea and six and something else, and you don't get anything back but the one pick. That's probably an overpay. But that at the end of the day, it didn't get done. But we didn't hear a peep of that. We're only hearing about it now because people are saying, who is next? And what? where do they look? They look to the lottery teams and they say, who is the best player that's not on a rookie scale deal that's on a lottery team? And the answer is Shea Gilgis-Alexander. 
Everybody else is either Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes. Those are the other best players. And then we're also Anthony Edwards, who's on a good team now. You know, LaMelo Allegedly. Well, a team that made the playoffs last year. They'll make the playoffs again. Like, depending on what you call good. Maybe. Sure. Uh, oh my gosh, stop it. Um, LaMelo Ball might be one. Like, honestly, that m- may be a guy that you talk about, but he's still on a rookie scale deal. That's why they're not talking about him, because he's on a rookie scale deal. These yeah. g- Once you get to your second contract, and you're a really good player on a lottery team, I mean, he's the best. He is the best player that's still on a lottery team. Yeah, and and maybe we already we we just scratching the value of Shay. I mean, we we have no idea. Yeah. Every single season, uh, to some degree, he improved. I know that last season, to many, seems like a, se- a season where Shay plateaued. I don't quite think that that is the case. I yeah. think that his three point shooting, like dipped, quite a bit, but everything else, from a creation standpoint, has been much better. Go back and watch Shea Giggs Alexander leading uh, the team last, not the past season, the one before. I mean, he was clunky. Last year it was deadly. Um, like, he's still developing every single year. And so I really wonder, like, yeah, I mean, we, 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 we have in our minds, yes, the trade for Shea um, is there or whatever. But, I mean, some guys are just not tradable. I wonder if Shea becomes that mm-hmm. in, like, I don't know, two months. Right. Everything gets tradable, but but not like in the middle of a five, or in, at the beginning of a five-year deal when you know that you have, like, uh, an all-star. Right. Here, here are his last 12 games of last season. <laughs> 32, 2, and 5. 36, 8, and 5. 37, 7, and 10. 29, 7, and 5. 33, 5, and 7. 33, 7, and 8. 33, 8, and 14. He had this one outlier game against Minnesota where he scored eight points, three three boards, eight assists. Then he went back up. 31, 6, and 7. 32, 6, and or 8, and 5. 34, 6, and 8. 26, 7, and 4. His final game of the season, he played against Boston. 31 points, one board, nine assists. You want to yep. give up on that guy? You want to trade that guy? And if that guy goes to you and says, hey, you know what? I want to be traded. You say, bro, you signed on the dotted line for five years, no opt-outs, yep. and you told us that you believed in your plan. And let me rewind the tape to exit interviews where you said to the public that you believed in our plan. You have no leverage. Well, give us a year. Let's see what we look like going into the 23-24 season. And then we'll see. Because I promise you, when we're going into that season, you are not going to want to leave this. So don't and if you do, And if you do, it's it's fine. I mean, when, yeah. when, when, when you have like three years left, you retain. And if you prove us you're that good, yeah. I mean, we'll discuss it. Yeah. <laughs> because at that time... If he is what we think he could be, then it's going to be wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, and honestly, I want to see what guys like Wimbanyama and Scoot Henderson and guys look like this year. Because if you look at Scoot Henderson, like everybody, like just saying the name Scoot Henderson makes you feel good. You know, it's a cool name. Um, the dude shot like 17% from three. <laughs> In the G League last year. Yeah, this is so rude. Twenty-one. Okay, twenty-one percent. <laughs> cool. I think he actually in like there was some there was some league that he shot seventeen percent. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Not overall, but yes. We're not. I mean, he's. I think he'll be great. But saying like I would immediately trade Shea for that guy is like like hold up. I think Winbinyama's got some stuff to prove too. Like he's got freakish skills. He's got. I mean, he's. Some people think he's seven foot five. You know, we're talking to Vicini about him on Slam and Jam on, yeah. s- on Saturday. Like, but like, could we just just hang on, just like hold off? Because one, the Thunder could get lucky and get one of those guys anyways. And then two, like, man, if they could even add like this Cam Whitmore guy out of Villanova's like 
freaking amazing. And then yeah. you add a 6-6 six, six or 6-7 six, forward to this team. Like, that's the spot they're missing, really. You know? Yeah, I, I was talking earlier today uh, with John on Thunder After Dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have this thing in my mind that I have to just discuss. I don't know with whom, I don't know how, but it's going to be probably on the Dream Team or, or here, mm-hmm. um, about the fact that what really OKC is lacking, in my opinion, um, and maybe JDub can fix some of that, is the ability to make decision without the ball. Yeah. Um, if you can get a small forward that is a good shooter, mm-hmm. good to great shooter that can make decision with the basketball, I think that this is what OKC is missing yeah. right now. Yeah. In a year, if JDub evolves, because he's he already proved to... I mean, in the in the time that he played in summer league, did he can move off ball? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe for cuts, not for relocation, um, but we'll see. Yeah. So this is something that I'm really looking forward um, in next year draft. Yeah. Anyway, even if JW is good, because I I really think that this is something that even if JW is good, okay, it just have like very few players yep. that have that skills. Yeah, that's that's where I kind of envision like Whitmore being this like complimentary piece mm-hmm. who just like loves to dunk on guys and plays really great in transition and can shoot and it's just like tough as nails. Like that's the kind of guy that I would want with this crew. That's kind of something that they're missing. Um, but I think J Dub can do that. I think Kenrich does that to a degree as well. Uh, but yeah, you need to add more of those guys. You know, mm-hmm. more six seven, six eight guys. That can run around with Shea, Gideon, Chet. You know, that's what you need. Yeah. Uh, all right. It's voicemail Mondays. Here's a question. It's about win totals. Hi, guys. My question is about the upcoming season and our possible record. So since we've lost Chet, um, I was starting to think about what our record could be and what um, number of the win total for next season might be. And I started to think about how Shea, Giddy, and Dort missed a combined 82 games last season, and we won 24 games. So wondering what the win total now would be if the Thunder stayed healthy and they played more games. And then I started thinking about the Spurs and how they won 34 games and made the play-in. And so first question is, do you think the Thunder are capable of winning close to 34 games and the second question is is if they were capable of winning that amount of games and they were close to the play-in would that be worth it to Presti and the organization to push for the play-in game or are they going to repeat the kind of tanking quote-unquote that we've seen for the last few seasons I appreciate you guys and uh, thank you for what you do hmm 34 is the over-under that I set um, in our text message thread mm-hmm. before the before, chat injury. Before chat, yeah. So um, I think it's a little bit higher for my taste. Um, I think that my pick for the uh, win total is between 28 and 32, something like that. Maybe yeah. the best-case scenario is a little bit higher. Um Regarding the question, I don't know what you mean by push. Like, uh, if you if you mean letting them play, then maybe so. Yeah. Um, especially if they are on a good pace early on. Um, if if you mean like adding talent to this team, if it is something where you you really see a guy that you you like so much that is young on a rookie deal. Then maybe you do it, uh, but it's not because you want to make the play, and it's because you find an opportunity, you find marginal value, and you think that that it works. Uh, but I don't see them like spending to get there. Um, but that that we we talked at length. Uh, this is something that, unless something incredible happened, I I really don't see. Yeah, I also think that the tenth seed is going to win more than thirty four games this year. So like, look over at the East last year. The Charlotte Hornets were the 
10th seed, they won 43 games. I think that's going to be closer to what it's going to take to get there. Because you look at teams, and like I can name teams. Uh, tell me if you think that this team, I think we've played this game before. Tell me if you think this team, that the Thunder, can be better than this team. Just like, is it possible that they're better? Phoenix. No. Grizzlies. No. Warriors. No. Mavericks. I would say no with Luka healthy. Yeah. Even if after they lost to Bosnia, I don't think that he could like go back to his homeland yeah, ever know. again. I know. He's but coming hey. back and he's going to be in crazy shape. Uh, the Nuggets. No. Timberwolves. No. Pelicans. No. Clippers. No. Spurs. Yes. Lakers. Yes. <laughs> healthy LeBron, healthy Anthony Davis. No. Uh, Portland. Possible, not likely, but possible. Okay, Kings. Yes. Okay, so we're talking, there's 10 teams already. So they've got to... No, yes, they can be better than the Kings. Yeah, they, if everything worked out, yes. The Kings the Kings have a roster. If we're talking about pushing, like the Kings are always pushing. It doesn't ever result in anything, but they're always pushing. Yeah, that's uh, the, the, the second part. They result in anything is the part. Yeah, they won 30 I'm games last year. Yeah, they won 30 games last year. Um, Thunder won 24. I mean, Do you think that the Kings are better? This year? Hmm. Yeah. Why? Um, I just think they have older, more experienced players. I mean, hmm. having Domas and Harrison Barnes and Tieran Fox, if those guys stay healthy, they just know how to play decent NBA basketball. Like, they are firmly in the middle. You know, the Thunder have the... I mean, I keep going back to the average age. The Thunder average age is 22. No, no, that, that's okay. I, I was just thinking about. Um, so, to me, Kings 2020, 2021, 2022, and Kings 2022, 2023 as a roster doesn't really change much in my. Yeah, I mean, they have Domas wins. for the full season. They Domas didn't play very much for them yeah. post trade, which I think just equal value than of Tyrese. Like, it doesn't change much for me in win projection. Yeah, maybe so. They, I mean, they added Kevin Herter, who I think is going to help them. Yeah. Um, Keegan Murray, I don't know if he's a winning player, but he's a, still a good player. Like, they've got a. They're, yeah. I mean, to have. I mean, they have Domas and Rashawn Holmes. Those are their two centers. It's like, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good for a center. For what? A center, a center rotation in the NBA. I mean, look at the Thunder center rotation right now. What is it? Do we even know? Yeah. Okay. Sure. You know what I mean? And then, like yeah. they've got good. I mean, they've got good players up and down the roster. Now they can win thirty-five. Yes. Yeah, uh, that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying like, this is like a team that's gonna be like the eighth seed or seventh seed or sixth seed. Like I don't think so. But they're gonna be competent, like in it in the most annoying way, where like they're not good enough to be in the playoffs, yeah. and they're not good enough to or not bad enough to be where the Thunder are. And that's in the Thunder. Like you just have to understand this. This, the strategy behind this, the Thunder right now is get as many top five picks as possible, avoid the middle like it's the plague. Yeah. And if you have a team that is, I mean, they won 24 games, I would expect it to be pretty close to that next year too with some strategy mixed in to get you there. So they're... There's no reason to not avoid the middle like the plague for another season. You already have Chet sitting out. So, like, why don't you avoid it one more time? Because let's say they go all in. They push in. They win 37 games. And they miss the play-in still. And now you're picking ninth. I think everybody's sitting back at the summertime saying, what, 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 why, do, why didn't we just do what we did before? We got Chet. Like, why don't... You know? It depends, though. No. I think it really depends. If you have an exciting season where Shea goes off and you 30, really find... Winning 37 games is not exciting. You're oh, still, I beg to differ here. You're losing more than half of your games. I know. I know. 
I really know that. But I think that the Grizzlies, when they went for the plane, they but they, they won, won but they got in the plan and they beat the they beat the yeah I, know, I just said but if it, they went thirty seven and missed the plan that's what I, I mean that's it doesn't change the excitement for Jamarant I think but that's that, how it played out though is that they went to the play in and then they beat the Warriors in the play yeah, I know I know I don't I don't think that it's all negative if you win thirty seven and Shea goes thirty five and seven if he scores thirty five a game thirty. Comma mm. five, comma okay. seven. I was gonna say thirty-five or five. Thirty-five yeah. and five. Twenty-seven, five and five, twenty-eight, five yeah. and five is an all-star. The team is rolling and then they they yeah. are in they they win big games and they're just on the run without Chet. And yes, they pick the eighth pick, ninth pick. Mm-hmm. Are you are you not excited because this team without Here's one of the, the major contributor Here's the thing. is like yeah, I improving. just don't need. I just don't need to see that to be, to believe in Shea. I I think that this is something that I I just think it in a different way. Yeah, we like, we we think very differently in in this aspect because I would say I will be just as excited about Shea going into the following season if they win twenty two games and are the you know the third worst team in the league you know i'll be just as excited i'll be more excited because we'll be going into the next season with another top five pick and chet and shay and giddy and j-dub and door i mean that's where it's like okay that's where it's very exciting you had like the ninth I, pick and, and that, like that, that, that part i agree um the part that is missing in everything is like if you say to me that they play 25 games mm-hmm and they play for win like to win they win 15 of those 25 and Presti says oh Shay I'm really sorry this is the last game you played for the season and Shay is okay with that I will be interested but if I see Shay and all the other guys play for the entire season and win 30, 24 games I don't think I would be that happy to be honest with you because to me Yes, there are examples in the league where a team uh, with a very good player um, suddenly goes from zero to like from 15 wins, 20 wins, whatever, to 50. Yeah. But it's, it's not likely. And how can I say this? <laughs> It's not the Phoenix thing where they, they got Mikel Bridges, they got Chris Paul, and in two years, boom. It's it's uh, like the, the main pieces are here, mm-hmm. and you really believe that those pieces are improving because you want that. You don't get Chris Paul. So to me, like seeing this team going and playing uh, high-level basketball with the players that they have, mm-hmm. even if they, they screw up a little bit the, the lottery odds, I would still be very happy to see Jada being a contributor, mm-hmm. Shea being awesome, being relentless, being able to defend. Mm-hmm. Because if that happens, again, this is not a 24-win teams. Like last season, it was manufactured. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm really curious. Yeah, I think we'll have another manufactured 24-25 win team. We'll and I think it's the right thing to do because you only have so many shots. This may be their last shot to be in the high lottery. Yeah. So, like, give it one more try. You have Shay on a five-year deal. You have Dort on a long-term contract. You let those guys play, make millions and millions of dollars. And Qu- then, question for you. Mm-hmm. Why, this is, why this doesn't apply to Cleveland last year? Like, Cleveland last year... They said, okay, we had, they could have another one. Like they because had Garland. I would say this. And they get both Mobley. Yeah, because it's because of the ownership and the instability of Kobe Altman's job. It was very well known that Kobe yeah. Altman was on a short leash going into that season. And so Kobe had to just make moves. I mean, they made the Karis Levert deal. And I think you can look at that and say, wow, that looks that kinda, didn't improve that anything. looks kind of dumb now. But that was the move of a desperate general manager. They got in and got Jared Allen, 
It was a good move. Did they know that Jared Allen was going to be this good? I don't know that they thought he was going to be this good, but I'm sure that they were told that like you can't continue to pick in the top five. Like you've got your top five picks. Like let's let's go. Here it's different. Sam has the clout. Sam has more. I mean, he has more clout than just about any general manager trying to do what he's doing. So that's the difference. You know, some of these guys aren't allowed to do it for as long as they think necessary. So, I mean, that's, I mean, that's just different. Every team has different management, has different ownership, has different goals. I, th- I think the Thunder understand the, the math behind how, what a top five pick can net you. And if you sure. can and if you can keep yourself in the top five for as many years as possible, you put yourself in a position to not only get past the middle, but to jump the middle. And I think yeah. that I think that's the goal. Eventually you will be pulled to the middle no matter what. No matter what. However, if you can avoid it for a little while and endure some pain, and endure some bad basketball, you can get to a place where you jump it. You know, getting DeAndre Ayton was a giant piece for the Suns in them jumping the middle. Obviously, sure. Chris, obviously, Chris Paul was the big one, but getting Ayton was a big one. And they even screwed up that pick, but because <laughs> it was a top five pick, it ended up being okay. So, Okay. Good question. You just you you hit like exactly where McKelly and I differ uh, in our philosophical team building strategies. So this is gonna get a a little bit of a uh, longer answer on that one. Oh, let's take a quick break before we before we get to our next question. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. When it's time for me to find a job, I went right to LinkedIn Jobs. They helped me find the right employer, and it was, man, very, very easy process. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash dunk. That's linkedin.com slash dunk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f- best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And we're back from that quick break. Uh, McKelly, you have a question that you want to address first? Yeah, there's one of our fan uh, fans, Mike Ashton, that is uh, in England, I think, and he couldn't um, like send a question through voicemail. So he asked me to, to read it. I am of the opinion that Theo Jerome favors Vit Krejci and Pokushevsky are the most likely candidates to not make the final roster. For those five players what would be their ideal landing spots on our team or are they simply out of the league? Thanks. Um, shall we first say that I think that Tio uh, and Vit are the most likely guys to go back to Europe. There's a decent chance. I think so. I don't think there's a clear landing spot for either one Yeah, somewhere. Yeah, maybe Teo can 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 go to San Antonio or to yeah. Utah, but I yeah, sure. Vit to me is hey, go back play in EuroLeague two two years. We know who you are, mm-hmm. and it's just like can prove that back. you can stay healthy. Yeah, um, favors to me is absolutely not out of the league, but absolutely in the minimum vet for the yeah. next three four years. Yeah, I mean, he's um, just your token, like, fourth or fifth big that could honestly be on any team. Yeah. Like he could sign in Denver, and it's like, okay. Yeah, I can see that maybe they would need him for a game or two. Um, yeah. Phoenix, Miami. Milwaukee. Yeah, Teams Milwaukee, like that, like, like just, for a minimum. Yeah, just a team, just a winning team that needs a little bit of toughness. Chicago. Heck, he could he could sign in Golden State. I mean, yeah. why not for the yeah. minimum? Yeah, where he's like, okay, we need him when we play against Joel Embiid. Throw him out there for ten minutes on Joel. Yeah, you know, it's just he he's fine and he's a good like good character guy. You know, yeah. no issues there. So he can he could get another job, but it, it's like no one is like no one's sitting back and hoping that Derek Favors gets waived. So it's like, gosh, if we could just. The Thunder could just wave Derek Favors. It would complete our roster. No, it's just, no. you know, he's not going to play in no. the playoffs. He's not going to be a, a factor in the league. And then Poku, like, Poku's not getting waved. Like, this, he's just not. It's not time yet no. to give up on Poku. I think a lot of teams would snatch him up. You know, if you're... Just to try him out. Yeah. I mean, if you're any what about Ty Jerome? He's another guy where... If he went to the right situation, like if he was on Philly, Philly needs another guard. Yeah. I don't know that he would actually play, but I think you could get him to a team like Philly, and because they have such dominant players in James Harden and Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid, that they just need a release valve. Yeah. Like, what's the difference between him and Isaiah Joe right now? Yeah, not, not, not that much. It's like, um, yeah, they're kind of the same player. So maybe that's a place where he could land. Now, they don't have a roster Brooklyn. spot. Yeah, Brooklyn is another one where he's just kind of, I mean, he's Seth Curry light, you know? Yeah. Like, that's kind of what he is. And so, and with that, like, Dallas would also be a fine sure. place. I don't know that Chai Jerome is an NBA player. I'll say that. I don't know. But if he is going to land somewhere, those are the kind of places where I would say you need to go where they have these like heliocentric ball dominant players 
that just need. I mean, even the Lakers, for that matter. Yeah. You know, like think about the guys that have thrived around LeBron. Like Booby Gibson didn't wouldn't have had a career without LeBron James. Yeah. You think Damon Jones stays in the league as long as he did without LeBron James? Heck no. no. Heck no. He didn't have a long career without being like not only playing with LeBron, but being like good friends with him. So yeah, there's I mean, there's a lot of guys, if they can play with these heliocentric players, that could look pretty good. I think Ty Jerome could be one of those guys. But if you like threw him on the Pacers or the even the Cavaliers, it's like, yeah, sorry. Even the, or no. the, like the Bulls, it's like no, or the Hawks, no, like the the Magic, no. But you throw him on a team with a ball dominant player, you say, yeah, that could work. Even the Clippers would be like, okay, like just a team that needs some kind of release valve. Because Ty Jerome's a smart player, good shooter, great locker room guy. I think he has a chance to make it, but he's got to go to the right situation to make it. I think Philly is probably my favorite yeah. spot for him um, moving forward. Uh, okay, this next question is about Scotty Barnes. Hey, guys. This is Will Haycox, a fan from South Carolina. I just wanted to ask a quick question. Uh, I got into being a Thunder fan in 2010. I was up late one night and watched a recap of a game where I think KD scored like 50 points or something. I was hooked at that point. I've been watching ever since, bought league pass for the past several years. My question was, uh, I became a Thunder fan, not just a KD fan, after watching for a few years. Then when he left, it hurt, but I've already cast him a lot with Thunder, so I stuck with him. Uh, my brother is an NBA fan, but he kind of just watches players and jumps around depending on what team they go to. Could you just explain how you feel about the casual NBA fan who maybe watches this team this year and this team that year and doesn't really have any loyalty to a team and also tell them why they're wrong? Thanks, guys. Love the show. That question was not about Scotty Barnes. Um, that question was about following teams. Uh, so I can fully relate to your brother because I was a Shaq fan growing up and so I was a Magic fan to start with then I was a Lakers fan then I was a mm-hmm. Heat fan then I was a Suns fan then I was a Celtics fan I mean I just bounced around I eventually just stayed with the Lakers growing up because it was just like this is a cool team they seem to be good all the time that's pretty fun um, so I kind of stayed a Lakers fan but I don't think there's anything wrong with that. There's a lot of fans that, you know, follow the league that way. And I think that's totally fine. Here's where you, what you miss out on is like team building strategy. Like LeBron fans don't probably don't understand team building strategy at all. Cause it's just like, Oh, I just bounced to the, I'm bouncing back and forth from Cleveland to Miami to LA. And like my, the teams are just always good. And so all I know is like you just need role players, you know, to surround LeBron with, you know. Yeah. If yeah, you pay the guy. Yeah. And you, and if, take guys around with. Yeah, yeah, and if you stayed a fan of the Thunder this whole time, like you understand like so many facets of team building, whether it's like trying to put pieces around a really good team, tearing a team yeah. down, what does that look like? Building a team it, back is up. Is it true though? Or is it true to the listener of what? our podcast? What? <laughs> no, the fact that you know about team building, like, um, if you're like a, tr- if you're just like a psycho fan, like following yeah. the NBA, I think that that's you can get into like the nuances of team building strategy, which I think is really fun. But if you're just following a superstar player, I I don't think either are wrong. You know, yeah. I think that there are a lot, a lot, a lot of people that just follow the league for a particular player. Yeah, and and to be honest with you. Um, I often feel that I'm watching too much of OKC and very little of everything else. Mm-hmm. So watching just for the sake of watching good basketball is something that I really envy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a good thing. It's absolutely a good thing to be able to watch a lot and not following just the Thunder. Now, uh, we needed to cover uh, the Thunder, so we watch every single game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's good to watch and to just 
trying to see what OGC is different or what your team is different from the others. Yeah. And but you're right. I mean, if you follow one team, you 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 are it's more easy, it's easier to 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 even like finding stuff on the court that you see repeated over and over and you get accustomed to them um to what they are to what they are called so it's um it's different i i think that as a fan you probably have more emotions when you more involvement when you watch games and so if you watch like just a team then a team you're less attached probably um but it's again um there are stuff that you like uh, that you can like even if you if you don't follow one team so yeah. it's not terrible no uh this question is hopefully hopefully this question is about the 23 draft hopefully i labeled these correctly hello andrew and mickey we are less than one month away from thunder preseason basketball just wanted to leave you another voicemail question this is trey brown at trey Browntown on twitter my question for you guys is i know we are nine months away from uh, what would be uh, the 2023 NBA draft. But have either of you gotten a chance to watch any of the um, prospects that would be available in that draft? And also, I wanted to just put it on the record for right now, next year's draft in 2023, the Thunder will be selecting with their first-round pick, Baba Miller of Florida State University. Just letting you guys know now a year ahead of time so you don't have to waste your time. Thanks, guys. <laughs> okay now we know who we should not cover uh, in our so that uh i mean it's more real that we pick him because right. every year me and andrew we just miss on a guy so this year we'll be that guy um no for me it really doesn't start i well, of course i know uh who scoot anderson is and who victor Wembanyama is right. but even the two twins uh Ammon and the other one i that slipped my mind um the other one Osser, uh, asar asar is asar. asar and um, thompson i i have no idea how they look like i mean to yeah. me is at least march yeah uh because i i really like to focus and just not to like like to focus on nba up until march march april yeah. and then try to rump up the coverage so no for me it's too early yeah i've I, I i'm pretty much the same i have not like done deep dives on these guys yet mostly because things can change so much between high school and college and what these guys look like so i want to see them play in a competitive atmosphere which is going to be diff difficult for those ote guys um, yeah but with scoot henderson they're playing a full G League season this year, like that's a great thing. We're gonna get a lot more data on him than we did last year. Mm -hmm. Um for I mean the two guys that I look at and I'm like, okay, this is these are positions in which the Thunder really needs somebody. Um I mentioned him before, Cam Whitmore and Osser uh, Asar Thompson. Like those two are six seven, big, athletic. They need those kind of guys. They need one of those guys. Um so I like both of them for yeah. this team in particular. Can I say something quickly about Victor Wembanyama? Yes. Um, I mean, Luka Doncic was destroying the EuroLeague at the age of 18. He was. Victor decided to go down a level. Yeah, how about that? That is interesting. Um, I have no idea about the details. Uh, I just listened to the pod with Sam Vecini, so I, ha I, I don't know uh why he did that mm -hmm. but i want to fall like to, to follow this thing because it's not really it's a little concerning I, right it is you, do you remember the last french player that was in your league and then went to um the second i don't remember even the name of the uh of the cup that they are playing i don't know um it is killing uh and it's not a very very good thing to mm. go down a level to be a little bit more productive but you know uh, you know to say hey maybe his offensive game is more tuned to the Europe cup instead of the euro league i said oh, that that is not good to hear i want him mm -hmm. to score 20 points in the euro league not yeah. to be a 15 point per game guy uh in 20 games in Europe cup that is not something they want to right. see yeah i mean his stats last year seven and a half points four boards 0.6 assists, 1.8 blocks. You know, 1.8 blocks is huge in your league. It's it is, very tough to do. It is crazy. The blocks are crazy. The other stuff, because like everybody talks about him, like he's just 
slam dunk, can't miss, next generational player. And I'm not saying he's not going to be that. I don't know. He might be. He very well might be. I just look at the stats and I'm a little skeptical. That's all. Again, Luca was leading Real Madrid to win the second most competitive league in the world. And he was the guy. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. He was pick and roll, pick and roll, and again pick and roll in the finals of the EuroLeague. And he was owning it. Yeah. So, and that is yeah. a generational talent to me. Yeah, definitely. Uh, speaking of generational talents, this is a question about Evan Mobley, or at least I think it's about Evan Mobley. Hi, this is Artie, the AI, long-time listener, first-time caller. I've heard a lot of draft experts say that Evan Mobley would have gone ahead of Chad and Paolo if he was in the 2022 draft. I'm trying to understand why that is. I can see Mobley's potential to be an all-time great defender, and while he has some really nice touch and a smooth jumper, I'm struggling to see how he can be a true superstar on the offensive end of the court. Chet might not quite have the same defensive ceiling as Mobley, but he could still be all-NBA level, and from what I can see, Chet seems to have more in his bag offensively compared to Mobley, especially when it comes to shot creation off the bounce. Thanks. Love the pod. Thank you for that uh, question. I, I mean, Evan Mobley won. I mean, you mentioned it defensively. It's just a absolute beast already, and he's. I don't even think he's twenty one yet. But he also, I, th- I think that there's, there were questions about how he would handle an eighty two game season, and he didn't play full eighty two games. I mean, that's how he handled it but his mobility I think he is a good shooter off the bounce to a degree and can be better and that's what he's been working on all season he can hit pull-up jumpers he can space out he is really good in a pick and roll setting just because he understands timing really well too there's just a Mm -hmm. lot to like about him I I think his game can be a lot like like an evolved form of like what Kevin Garnett was uh, in the NBA and like KG wasn't like some smooth crazy operator with the ball like Kevin Durant was but he could still do a heck of a lot and he averaged like 20 plus points per game every single season I think that's the kind of player that Evan Mobley can be with having top tier elite defense um, I think that you could almost lock that in <laughs> as to what mm-hmm. he's going to be Chet, there's still a lot of question marks. Is there a chance that Chet's better than Evan Mobley? I do think that sure, there's a chance. Be. I think there's a chance just because of what this robot mentioned to us, is that Chet is a more of a smooth operator with the basketball. And, oh, yeah. And he can, if Chet's body holds up, and it's just like sucks so much that he got hurt before this season because it brings to that, that question even more validity. Not that it didn't have validity before, but it has even more now. But if Chet can hold up physically with the game, Chet's definitely has more in his bag. There's just no doubt about that. Like with the step backs, with his ball handling abilities, yeah, it's a step above whatever Mobley is. But Mobley is so solid already at everything that it's more like undeniable. Like there's less questions about it just because he was able to already do quite a bit. Now his jumpers have got a ways to go because he didn't, I'm trying to look. How many threes did he even take? He only took 92 threes. And he's um, 30%? 25%. 25, okay. So he's got to get... a moment in the season where it was 30, then he might have dipped a little yeah. bit at the end. He's got to get better, and I think he will. He also only shot 66% from the free throw line, which has got to yeah. get better as well. But everything else is just super solid. Like he can, He can already pass the ball at a pretty high level for a big. He's a good rebounder. I just, Can we say that if Chet had Mobley's body, he would have been probably number one pick in the last, I would say, three drafts? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think if he, if he just, yeah, if he just weighed twenty pounds more and was like two inches shorter, I think. Yeah, even the, the broad shoulders, like. Yeah. Yes. The shoulders, too. I think if people... Yes, I do think the body was, like, the main concern. Because Mobley does have pretty broad shoulders. Yeah. So, if you can see him 
with a Giannis body in like six years, you know, Mobley, that is. Yeah. With Chet, yeah. it's, it's less certain. So that is the huge why. Um, yeah. Body is a huge part in the role that Chet plays uh, and in general in the NBA. So I think that being able to see that Mobley can sustain um, an NBA season defensively and has shown ready maturity offensively and decent touch um, is something that you don't have with Chet. And so you can say, yes, uh, I trust Mobley, whereas the first months of Chet's basketball career is a great summer league showing and an injury. And this is the data. I mean, it's hard for people and for everyone in general to believe something that they didn't see. And yeah. with Chet, we had glimpses of. Yeah. But we need real data. Yeah. <laughs> and need, so that's why um, this is such a bummer because yeah. we did see what we saw in Utah that one night. Oh, I remember that giggling. One spectacular night. And the reality that that could be just a little peek into what his prime looks like. And if that is Chet's prime, I think he's better than Evan Mobley. But it's a pretty big if. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, okay. This question I do think is about Scotty Barnes. What's up, guys? This is Isaac from Florida. I had a question about the value of Shea when compared to someone like Scotty Barnes. Definitely not interested in losing Shea, just more curious about what his value is. So if something were to happen between OKC and the Raptors, which side would it have to throw in um, something extra to get the deal done? All right, thanks. Okay, so let's dive into a hypothetical world where a, tray, a, tray, a trade happens between the Raptors and the Thunder. And it's, uh, it includes Scotty Barnes. So... Who do you want to do? Toronto or OKC? Uh, Let's I'll, make it real. I'll be Toronto. You can be OKC. Okay. All right. Um, so we know Shea wants out, and we are willing to include Scotty Barnes, but we're going to... Oh, include. Nice word. Keep going. We're going to need quite a bit back. To uh to get there though because we believe Scotty is going to be a a franchise type of player. One, I mean he doesn't make much money, so this is gonna this is part of why <laughs> it's going to take <laughs> some some more from us to get there. Um, Scotty is making seven point six million. Shea is making mm -hmm. thirty point nine. So we have to throw in some salary to get there. Um, a Gary Trent is is on the table for us for mm -hmm. you guys to to help match um maybe even we don't a, possibly care for that maybe even but a, go on maybe even a chris boucher to get us mm. there we uh, don't need more skinny guys but go on um uh, but we're gonna need something you know to sweeten the pot a little bit maybe like a, a jalen williams or an usman jang to for us to actually feel good about doing this Okay, then I don't think that we have much to talk about. We feel that Che Gilgazanzander is about to break out. Yeah. Um, he will be, after this season, a top 10 guys, top 10 kind of guy. And Scotty may be, it's for also, what we know, a very good rookie. Yeah. A solid rookie of the year. He's, yeah, got more, yeah. he's got more yeah, accolades. In a year than where he's got more accolades than Shea ever wished of having. So I mean, there's oh, that. No. I mean, he's uh, just scratching the surface. He's three years younger, four years. Just younger. to set the table, I wouldn't trade Giddy straight up for Barnes today, or at least I have to think about. You it. would. I mean, uh, in all honesty, you wouldn't. No, <gasps> in all honesty. Okay, pause. I'd, I'd have yourself. to think about it. To me, Barnes have has a very, um, let's put it this way, the median of Scotty Barnes is better than the median of Josh Giddy. Mm -hmm. But the top end result for Scotty, to me, it's not equal to, I, I think that Giddy is a genius. Yeah, he is. 
And I, I, I would have to think about it hard. So to, to, to go back in our trade, mm -hmm. I really don't think I would do Shea for Barnes straight up. Okay. I think to me, the difference is quite substantial. Um, I think that one first round pick is not enough. Mm -hmm. So I I think that Barnes plus picks, plural, is something that I'm willing to listen to. And the salary that, I, that I'm getting back, it's it needs to be good. Yeah. Otherwise, it's going to, to go up. And Trent may come, come in as neutral, so maybe it doesn't change the value of the trade. It's only 23. He's yeah, he's younger. But it's than neutral. Sure. It's not like a good salary, which I really wanted. Yeah, uh, I don't think that there's any way we can come to an agreement then. <laughs> I, I think that OKC can agree to a trade like a three-team trade where Toronto gives up Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, oh, there's yeah. no way. I mean, if you're Toronto, you're just trying to throw pair. I mean, honestly, if I'm, if I'm trying to get Shea from the Thunder, I'm not offering Scotty in the deal. Then, then there's, you know. the, there's no deal. I, I don't even think that OKC wants a guy like that with the guys that are in the roster. Yeah. Um, I think that they would rather have him. I think that they would have taken him had they landed in the top four. Possibly. But but instead of Giddy. I think I would want him instead of Giddy. Yeah. Yeah, but is, it, is this think about Barnes for you? But think about Barnes and Chet as your I know. Five. Like, I know. Holy smokes, man. I know. Holy but, smokes. I'm going to take my shirt off. Oh. Sure. Do it. But um, I think that maybe you do it, but the distance is not that wide. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, okay. Well, there you go. There's a little discussion. Uh, we'll probably have time for two more questions. Okay. Um, hey, guys. This is Aaron from Wisconsin. I just had a quick draft philosophy question for you. Wow. Which was, uh, imagine if you were a GM with two picks in a row. Do you think it would be beneficial to pick the player you believed in more second instead of first just to save maybe a million or two dollars in the future when you wanted to re-sign that player and maybe – drop the first one who was a bigger gamble or something like that. I know this doesn't really apply to this year's draft because it sounded like the Knicks were kind of auctioning off Jang. But in the future, if the Thunder had two picks in a row, what do you think would be the best way to go about that? Thanks, guys. That's a really fun question. Um, um, future I, money, I don't think that that is really important with the position. It's actual money. Like, the extension can be whatever. True. The the, the, the money you saved in the past, yeah, don't really count. Yeah, I think I don't know that there's really incentive for that, but it is an interesting thought. Um, it's more psychological, though. It's definitely psychological. like these guys being picked before me. I need to destroy him. Yeah, exactly. Poor, that could be happening right now. You know, poor Usman Jang. <laughs> All right, this is probably our last question because I got to go. Hey, Mikey. What's up, Andrew? Um, curious of your favorite, whether they're wacky or not, offensive-only starting lineup and defensive-only starting lineup. And then I would love to know if Mikey has an Italian or European composer or artist um, that he thinks Americans should know about because they're sleeping on them. So offensive, defensive lineups, and then uh, Mikey's go-to music artist. Thanks, guys. Oh, music is so bad. Like, no, sorry. I'm so bad at music. I, I phrased it wrong. I love music, but I'm the last person to be asked for advices. I know that there is a band called Maneskin that are pretty big in uh -huh. Italy. They okay. are winning stuff in Europe. They are always half naked, men and women. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, but they are pretty famous. So if you've never heard of them, like people around me like them, even okay. my kids, which okay. I I hope they never see the videos. But anyway. 
<laughs> the offensive lineup is Shea Gilgis Alexander, mm-hmm. um, Trey Mann. Yeah. Um, J Dub. J Dub. Kenny Ken- and Mike? Kenrich and Mike. No, Giddy and Mike. I yeah. think Giddy has to be there. Yeah, Giddy has to be there. Giddy and Mike. Yeah. Yeah. And the defensive unit is. Um, Dort. Kenny. Dort. Um, Kenny, Dort, Jeremiah, right? Jeremiah, yes. Um, J Dub. <laughs> J Dub. We're already getting a little sketchy here. Basley? Uh, no. Uh, yeah, not J Dub. Basley, probably. And, and can we put Poku in it? Yeah. Just for the Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, who's handling the ball there? I mean, who can? Uh, Dort. Unit. Dort. It's Dort time. Time for the Dorty Dort 40. Okay. Let's go. Gosh. I'm, I'm, okay, Maneskin has gotten pretty big in America too. So nothing new. Sorry. Yeah. I haven't heard of him. So, which means nothing because I know nothing about anything that's yeah, cool. Yeah. They were in a talent show like X Factor. Oh, okay. They, yeah. They, as always, the best group didn't doesn't win it, um, but they they win like everything else. Mm-hmm. They are very famous. Hmm. I'll have to check them out. Uh, all right. Hope you guys have a great uh, Labor Day in America. No labor tomorrow. Hang out. Hope you guys enjoy friends and family tomorrow. You can hope you're enjoying this podcast poolside somewhere. Um, we'll be back on Wednesday. We are going to continue the Summers of Sam, another fun summer to discuss. So be ready for that. Um, Enjoy it. We'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday.